Hello everybody, this is Loki Away of Loki and welcome to No It Podcast. Here it is my job to interview the extraordinary gamers out there. Whether that be challenge runners, gamers who've completed games without taking a single hit or point of damage, speedrunners who've completed games in mere minutes that would normally take hours, and those who've completed games completely blindfolded, or the amazing content creators out there, YouTubers and streamers creating engaging and entertaining content online. Today's guest is Rick Finello, that's R-I-C-K-F-E-R-N-E-L-L-O on YouTube, Twitch and Twitter. Rick is the first person in the world to complete the indie platformer game Celeste, 100% deathless as well as then carrying on to collect all 202 berries, requiring an additional Deathless run of each level to get there. He's also beaten the infamously difficult Chapter 9 Farewell, Deathless, six times in a row, and completed a Deathless run of Farewell whilst doing a pacifist run, which we go into what that means. In this conversation, we go to how Rick was first introduced to Celeste and the runs building up to completing the 100% run. We talk about the pressure of competition as he got closer and closer to the zero death run, his different controller setup using both keyboard and controller at the same time, as well as dive into modded Celeste levels, and much, much more. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Rick Finello. Uh, right, Rick, thanks very much for coming up and taking some time out to come on the podcast today. Hope you're doing well. How's it going, man? Uh, doing all right. Nothing much today, but thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, we're going to go get into all things less Deathless and Challenge Runs today. But I wanted to start with your profile pick, actually, because your profile pick is of the character Ralse, or I'm not entirely sure how the pronunciation is for it. Yeah, it's from- Ralse. Deltarune and a very really nice uh, channel out on your YouTube channel as well. Um, and I was interested where or how that came about. Oh, I just I was just very interested in Undertale ever since I played it. Uh, a friend introduced me to it, and I just fell in love with the game. It's definitely my favorite game story wise. I never I never played something that just uh, made me attached such as like Undertale and after uh, after I played Undertale I researched everything about it I came in depth with the game I just wanted to know more and wanted uh, a lot more things about the game and then Deltarune came out in 2018 and there's this Rossi character and he was just very cute and I thought that he was a bit similar to me or how at least how I wanted to be like um, and it was kind of an idealization of of a character right and I just I just used the Rossi profile pictures out of nowhere, just like in social media, because I didn't stream at the time, and I, because I simply found found and cute, right? And I think that's that's about it. I just like adopted the character as a as a character for my stream because I saw no problem with that, and I saw that many people liked Rossi. It wasn't something really planned, honestly. And then I asked, uh, I was looking for some artists for emotes and actual profile pictures so that I don't use anybody else's arts. And I found someone that's really cool and she has been drawing like so many emotes and so much channel art and that's about it really. It's just, it's just because I just really, I just really find him pretty nice and I wanted to be more like him. That's all. Um, going into Celeste, we'll, we'll start slowly and build our way up to, uh, to the big runs. What was your first introduction to the game and what was it about it that got you hooked to then go on doing these challenge runs? I think the first thing that I saw about Celeste was a video review talking about how Celeste is... I don't actually remember what video it was, but I think it was something along the lines of Celeste is a masterpiece. And I really liked the art of the game first. And also, I think everything just fit very well, like the name of the game and the visuals. And they were talking about how the music was really good. And there were some snippets of the music with this video. And so I decided not to to watch too, too much of this video. And I started the game. I actually recorded the first time that I played this game by myself, just, just like a few minutes of it. And I remember distinctively that the very beginning of the game was very 
mind-blowing to me. I thought, wait, this is going to be a great game, isn't it? Because there is this scripted fall sequence in the beginning, and it was very, very cool. Like, you, you could feel that the game wanted you to win from the start, and everything felt smooth to control, and everything felt very, very easy to do in that game. And it was pretty cool. Uh, I think this is how I started falling in love with the game. And then I saw, like, I just wanted more of the game, and I kept playing and never stopped until... Uh, I, I, I just thought the game was pretty good until I finished it, right? Like, very sweet game, very, very nice to play. But when I finished 100% of it, it felt incredible at that point. It felt like I accomplished something so difficult and so satisfying because uh, doing all those B-sides and C-sides, there, there was no farewell at the time, it wasn't in, in 2018. It just felt like it was so much extra to the game, but it felt complementary to the game. It felt like you needed that for the game to be complete. And that was, I don't know, it just succeeded in being very satisfying. And I was eagerly awaiting for, the, for farewell when it was announced. So I played Pharaoh in the same uh, day that it came out, like in the same hour that it came out. I just <laughs> immediately, yeah, like I was actually awake thinking, wait, Pharaoh is going to drop out today. And then I, I think it was also one of my first streams ever, but it wasn't recorded, unfortunately. And it was super cool. And it just, it just succeeded in, in being great and doing whatever, like it exceeded every expectation of everything I had. It's like Celestial. It's so big. If you like if somebody never played feral it's like immense yep definitely and then and about the the challenges and like the golden berries that we have in celeste the built-in challenges of deathless right uh i never really did any type of deathless runs before any type of no hit runs but because of uh because of this type of introduction of the golden berries in each level of celeste i wanted to do some of them and then i just thought this is not for me <laughs> <laughs> first uh, <laughs> yeah like i, I just uh before Ferro came out i tried some of the golden berries and i i think i stopped in like 3a and it was way too much it was like 3a is so big uh, and i just couldn't do it like i i spent a few like a few hours in it and i just felt like i'm making no progress it's not gonna be good at all and i gave up for a long time and then Pharaoh came out, and then somebody called DJ Tom made a list of everybody that completed Feral Goldens, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the first Golden that I watched was was Enox's. And Enox, uh, he his reaction to getting the Golden was so cool. He was so excited to getting it that I I felt like, oh, I want to feel that way too. Like, imagine just feeling that way. It, it would be really cool, right? And, like, not many people could do this. Imagine if I could, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, like, I, th I thought it was something, like, so impossible, so out of reach when Enox did it. And I didn't know Enox before this. It was from this video that I, that I met him. I don't know, it, it was way too much, but I thought that it would be very cool if somebody did it. And so there was all this list that Tom made, and there were so, so few people in it. When I went for it, there were, like, 10 people in the list still. And so I started grinding for the normal Goldens, and it, it like, just makes you better at the game over time it takes a long time so did you go really cool. did you go straight for farewell or did you go for the other ones first no i did all the goldens first uh because i knew i just knew i couldn't do farewell at the time it was farewell is like immense it takes like even if you do it death is it takes you more than 20 minutes to play it and 20 minutes of uh perfect gameplay was too much for me at the time i remember i i was doing like the b sides alongside the a sides i'm pretty sure 
And I also gave up a 3B after doing 3A because <laughs> chapter 3 was just too much. Like, I couldn't memorize the patterns and, like, what the, uh, the dust bunnies do. But I just kept going. I didn't look up any guides for any chapters. I just, like, brute forced it, I think. But at some point, something just... I don't really remember how I did it to practice, but I didn't practice that much at all. Like, I was just, like, going, throwing attempts and attempts. And some of the screens that were difficult, I, like did like checkpoints deathless, but I really didn't practice that much at all. It was just throwing attempts really. And sometimes doing like low death runs. Uh, so it was like, so it was like throw, throwing yourself at the wall until it bro finally broke. Yeah, it was pretty much that for the, for most of the, of the first chapters, the smaller chapters, right? And then the bigger chapters came on like 7A, 7B, and you can't just throw yourself at the wall like that because it's, they are very long and you need to really practice. Uh, most of the sections deathless and you need to really just do low death runs and then i think at this point i started uh doing low um uh, like after i i did a golden attempt and i got far i decided to keep going and see how how many hits i would take to the to the end of the level mm -hmm. and there was also something very important that happened alongside uh 4b i think where i noticed that i had lots of input lag in my game for the whole time and i never realized it up until then uh, i had like the option of v-sync and it it did a very it actually had a very big impact on the input delay and after i disabled that uh, my gameplay felt so much smoother and i suddenly started playing so much better like doing 5b was so fast doing the rest of 4b was so fast and then i think after 6b 6a and 6b i just realized wait this is a bit too hard and then i started recording after 6b because i know it was like something very difficult at least for me at the time i just didn't know how much more harder just how much harder would like the next levels be because farewell is is like it's on another another level of yes. 6b i don't know how much in the community of celeste you are like do you like uh, follow the the discord or uh I've, i don't know i keep track of it quite a bit i've done a deathless run of the a sides not including core um and then done a couple of other things but i've kept track definitely oh nice do you speedrun as well or not for a while now but mainly did hitless or deathless runs which is what me interested in celeste came from and of course just enjoying the game itself <laughs> yeah nice uh, pretty much uh, i had pretty much the same experience because i was never in the community of celeste i was just followed the reddit of celeste mm. when i when i played it i think after the first time i finished farewell there was like uh, in the credits and not in the credits of the the normal game but if you actually go to the menu and press credits i actually did that after i played farewell for some reason and I noticed that there is the Celeste Discord in the credits. Oh, yeah. And this is when I joined the Discord. I'm pretty sure there is the Celeste Discord in the credits or something like that. And this is how I joined. And, but I never followed really any Discords. And like, it was too much for me to, too confusing and too many things going on and like modding and, and people talking about it. But at this point, everybody was talking about Feral and their first experience with Feral. And it was pretty funny because so, so many people were like still stuck in, in previous rooms after I finished it. And they were like discussing strategies and I could actually participate in a bit of it at that time. And I didn't know about the, the Moonberry thing, but I saw the achievements and I saw that it was added with the, the Feral. Mm. And... It's like, where is this? Where's this hiding from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then I had to ask the Discord where it was uh, without giving too many spoilers. And I remember I got stuck there. And then I actually asked for help there and they helped me uh, find it. It's like at the very... 
at the very end of Farewell, we have to do the whole room. It's like an, an enormous room, right? And you have to do the whole room backwards, kind of. It's pretty fun. I think that's one of the coolest secrets in the game. It's super cool. I, I remember um, Ed and with uh, Enox uh, quite a while ago now, and it, we were talking about... It was super cool how the the mods put in because to get to the Moonberry Room you have to take an intentional death. But oh yeah. Doing that gives you a unique sound effect of when the the golden strawberry like zips over <laughs> to the. Uh... Yeah, and a very cool thing about this intentional death is that <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was based off a speedrunning trick. Do you know that? I think so. In chapter the bubs five, drop. I believe. Yeah, the bubs drop. Mm. It's based off of that because the respawn, uh, the way the respawn works, it teleports you to the nearest uh, respawn point, right? So like each room has like different respawn points and it's usually at the entrance. But since uh, in that room in chapter 5b, there is no actual entrance that you can come from there. Uh, the nearest respawn is all the way over to the next side of the room. And then you can skip like a lot. And then they, uh, uh, the devs decided to implement that. And they also decided to implement um, uh, the demo dash, right? Mm -hmm. which, is a which is a difficult trick that allows you to go through spikes, very, very specific spikes. And it's, I don't know, the way the devs are so included in the community is just uh, what made me realize that they really love the game and they don't want people to like they are okay if people break the game and so it feels like kind of a classic game but a modern game at the same time because people can still like break the game they can still find out very cool stuff about the game that was not intended but they still like that they're, they're like we're watching you we know what you're doing it's cool i mean i've said uh, quite a few times previously but like celeste is one of the most perfect games for speed running with how like how refined the movement is in the game Yes, it is. I also got into speedrunning after doing the Farewell Golden. After doing all the Goldens, um, I kind of rushed into the Goldens. Uh, I tried doing Goldens like uh, kind of fast because you get impatient, right? And I wanted to, after, like I saw some 80% speedruns and saw so many people doing it. Uh, and I never did any type of speedrun whatsoever. And knowing like all the level layouts, uh, kind of, uh, I decided to try it myself because I already had the memory. I already had, I knew the path to do uh, that I had to do in the game uh, although it was a very long time after I did all the A-sides because Feral took a long time it took like over 70 hours of gameplay but it was like two months uh, like spread across two months because it's like a very long level and sometimes you get unmotivated to do it and it was pretty cool and seeing that as there were so many Brazilian uh, speedrunners as well I don't know how I found the Brazilian speedrunners Discord. I really don't remember, but I realized that I was the first Brazilian to ever get the Farewell Golden. In the ranking, I was the 27th uh, person in the world, I'm pretty sure. And that I think that made me motivated to try speedrunning at least once. Oh, and also because the Celeste Twitter page, uh, they did like a speedrun week thing in 2019. Do you remember that? And it was, uh, yeah, I participated in that and that's when I first speedrun the game. And it just feels perfect to speedrun. There is no no other game I would like to to speedrun as much as Celeste. Like I never was like I was interested in speedrunning. I was always interested, but never interested in myself speedrunning. I just like watching it. But Celeste was a game that felt so good to play that I had to try it at least once. And then uh, although I didn't stick to speedrunning that much, I participated in a tournament uh, in a Brazilian tournament in 2021, and I think that got me uh, the that made me improve a lot because I wanted to at least get a decent position in the tournament. I knew I couldn't win because there are people that do like that were in the top 10 in Brazil at the time, but it was super cool and i think 
it was at this time that I started the 80% deathless runs. I don't remember what got me into it though. I think, no, I really don't remember what got me into it. But but it was cool because I think I think I probably saw that not many people had it and I found I found it was cool. And I also did the Farewell, uh, Farewell Golden. I thought, how much harder than Farewell Golden can it be, right? It's just the A-sides. Mm-hmm. It's just one to seven, right? Easy in comparison. <laughs> easy in comparison. I didn't think it was easy in comparison. I didn't know if it was harder or easier than Farewell Golden. Because it's definitely longer, but it's also like the level design is a lot easier. I tried that for a few months. I don't remember how long it took, but it was in parallel with the speedrunning tournament thing. And then in this tournament, uh, there were like people narrating the event and like commenting on it, right? As as we did a race, it was like a race format, right? And it was cool that people like were really excited about the deathless thing that I was trying to do, and I find it really cool. And after I finished the Deathless uh, run, I just thought, like, I don't know, it just made me feel kind of sad that it looks like you get a bad ending, right? <laughs> when you just get an 80% because you have, like, no very I don't know, I felt unsatisfied <laughs> because of that. I think, uh, I don't know, I I was thinking of, what if I try just getting all berries or doing something like that? Uh, wouldn't it feel more satisfying if I did that? But, like, also, how much how much harder is the berries? And I think I just didn't realize how much harder it would be. (laughs) (laughs) So how long did the any percent deathless take in comparison to like the farewell golden? I think it took about the same time, Mm -hmm. maybe a bit, I think about the same time. Yeah. I don't remember how many hours exactly, but since I already had the experience of all the goldens before, um, I definitely knew some strategies already. So it's hard to compare. Maybe you can say it took more because I already practiced before the Pharaoh Golden, right? But I also I was also better at the game because I I got all goldens before. So I think it was shorter than Pharaoh Golden. No, much shorter than Pharaoh Golden. But yeah, it was it was cool. I do have to say for the uh, doing the any percent or the chapters one to seven, uh, chapter seven has got to be one of the best finishing soundtracks out there uh, for a run. It's. Uh... Such a oh, hype yeah, sound so, finish. <laughs> it's so hype. And also, if you're a streamer or if you're doing any kind of event with people watching, people get super hyped when you're in chapter seven. They do like the countdown. And I think that's so fun. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just it just heightens your feeling. And one thing I noticed about streaming deathless runs is that when you're getting close to finishing it, people start getting more interested in it and more invested and they're less likely to leave. And they like sometimes invite other people over to watch it and you get like a lot more viewers when you're finishing a run and that's super cool oh definitely the numbers Usually. just like start spiking like as you get like the final levels or the final bosses or <laughs> yeah and it's cool that you're doing something so risky and you, you get your adrenaline pumping when you're at the finish at the end of a level or a hitless run because one single mistake will cost you the run but you can take as much time as you want just so uh quickly mentioned so from a moment ago about the uh, the devs uh, being like very active and sorts like, and something I just wanted to mention that when I was looking on their Twitter, they they retweet a lot of like fan made stuff and like events and stuff that's happened. So I think that was pretty cool because uh, not a lot of games uh, do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Twitter manager, uh, she's called Heidi. She's a Brazilian actually that lives in in Canada, I think, uh, alongside the devs. And she is just the sweetest person ever. There is no better person to be the admin of the like the community manager, right? She is. She just loves everything Celeste related. You can just like literally talk to her and say that you did something cool. She'll be like so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> And she she is like so happy for everything. She actually streamed a bit uh, some time ago, 
she was streaming um, uh, like other games. Um, I don't know if she actually plays Celeste that much, but she was streaming. I think Hades, and oh, she is Hades so is sweet. Yeah, and she and she, actually it's because of her that I started playing Hades. Like she was playing Hades, I thought, wow, this game is really cool, and I play Hades a lot because of that as well. But yeah, she uh, she does like everything. She does the Twitter, she does the the Instagram. She has like three different Twitter pages or something, and I don't know what else. I think even TikTok maybe. I don't know. She is incredible. She, I don't even know what to say. She's like one of the best people ever. And it, it falls in line with all the other devs as well. Like from everybody that I've seen of the Celeste dev team, they're all so incredible. They're just very nice all around. And it makes you get more involved with the community when you see that all of the devs are so cool like that. Like I, I don't know, it's, it, it just makes me very happy that she actually goes to the, to everybody that just mentioned Celeste. Uh, on the Twitter and goes retweeting like machine gun retweeting everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I posted um I just posted my my like deathless progress and she just retweeted it and like he gets a lot of attention for some reason. <laughs> because of course the Twitter page has a lot of followers and it was the coolest thing ever. Sounds cool. <laughs> so after any percent was it onto seasides next? Or was it hardcore? So one funny thing that happened was that I did the after I did the any percent, I just uh, started one stream and decided, hmm, let's just do 100 percent now. <laughs> let's see, let's see how many deaths are doing 100 percent because I just did 100 percent one time, like just my first playthrough. I never did 100 percent again after that, and I think that's still recorded. But I died like I don't know, like 300 over times or something, <laughs> and it was like very difficult. <laughs> and then I realized, okay, maybe 100 percent is a bit too much. <laughs> any, any percent's done. 100% let's go straight after. Straight after. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much that. It was just like, all right, 100% time to begin, let's go. But no. And then I realized I have to do it segmented, right? I have to do it like, uh, just like, take it slow, take it easy, right? And then I did the seasides, and the seasides were so easy. It was like, not it was like a joke. It took me two hours from beginning to practice seasides to finish it at Deathless. Yeah, it was about two hours. I'm speedy. <laughs> speedy, yeah. Like they're so short. Like I didn't think it would be so so short. But also, you still like troll. I, I shoot through a lot of attempts, right? You still die a lot. They are still pretty hard, right? If you're just doing, uh, if you want to add the seasides at the end of a run, it's like it's very intense. But if you're just doing them on its own, it's super short. I believe like the the final time for like all seasides is like around ten minutes or just under ten minutes. I think as long as obviously deathless yeah i think so maybe even less than that i really don't remember i think i didn't i didn't get to watch a uh, seaside speed run but i saw some people doing some very crazy tricks and it can do so many things that uh i don't know if they actually do it deathless like if they like in top speed runs like do they actually do it deathless i never even watched that it must be close just <laughs> It must be close, of course, like less than five deaths or something. But they absolutely could do it deathless very easily if they wanted to. And speaking of which, uh, doing speedrun things in the run, it feels like a good idea sometimes. But I think you you should make different strategies to take it slowly, right? Because when you're so used like, to actually speedrunning, uh, you get in a flow and it's very easy for you to stick to what you know. And then you probably die less not going not going too fast or going too slow but doing whatever you practice for right of course do you have any particular examples of a case where you've changed a speedrunning strat for a section to 
a, a strat for a deathless run? Uh, yeah, I don't have any particular examples. Let's try and see that. But but I think most of the time, like most of the strategies were adapted for that because I only spare run any percent. I didn't speed run uh, any any other categories uh, before the, going for the deathless attempts. <laughs> so I didn't have to actually adapt a speed run strategy. I just did a safe strategy from the get go, except for the any percent parts. Uh, let's actually see. Do I even try to do something? fast i think at this point i don't really because the the routing and the 100 percent changes a lot in celeste and then most of the time i don't try to go too fast so i take it very easy in my run if you if you look at it it's super super chill but also one thing that i do is that i don't do very very complicated or weird setups if you watch uh inox or jojo uh playing the the 100 they do some very complicated strats they do some strats that are like pixel perfect uh full jump setups that will like have a zero percent chance of failing and i don't do pretty much none of that in my runs i just i just like playing the antenna way for some reason and it's actually better to play the way that they are doing because they're actually practicing something over and over and it's more likely to succeed uh, as for me i pretty much true attempts a lot uh, even though i practice a lot i also just kept like throwing attempts at it and then I practiced whatever I died to and then I kept going and throwing more attempts. Before going into B-Sides, I just wanted to query your controller keyboard layout. Could you explain <laughs> how that came to be? Oh yeah, I, that came to be when I was doing Firewall Golden. I, I realized that playing with, I used to only play with uh, controller and I realized that playing with analog was not very good for Celeste because you did so many missed inputs. Uh, sometimes you wanted to do a diagonal and came a straight dash and just doing one dash run uh, in, in a run will very likely cost you the whole run. And then it took so much time to, to do that. And then I tried going for the D-pad, but the D-pad was not very comfortable and it was kind of slow as well. Uh, I think the analog is even slower than the D-pad, but it was very uncomfortable. It wasn't very good. At least on my controller, it, was, it wasn't super good. And then I tried switching to just the keyboard, but I couldn't get used to the keyboard. The keys were very complicated. I couldn't like press uh, all the buttons I needed at once. But the only part that felt good on the keyboard was the, the directions, the WASD. And I already played the directions uh, on other games like FPS and whatever that you play on the keyboard. You also, you uh, you always use WSD. So I was used to it, right? But, and then I decided, well, let, let me just try the best of both worlds. And <laughs> I just tried using both and it, the game allowed it. The game didn't, like, I didn't have to do any shenanigans for it to work. It just, like, it just worked naturally. And that was really cool because not all games work like that. If you try to play with both keyboard or controller in some games, uh, some of them just don't allow it. And it was pretty, like, a good coincidence that it allowed that. I think a good uh, type of, like, good programming from the devs to allow something like this. Like, I, I don't know if the, it was intentional or not, because it doesn't seem like it's intentional. Because at first, when you did uh, keyboard and controller, the keys... Uh, the key prompts that show up in Celeste, for example, uh, the bird that shows like what key you should press, mm -hmm. it, they just like it, it just stuck with the first thing that you pressed. Uh, I think on the screen. So like if you press like a keyboard, the first thing, like it, it was not gonna change. But then if you, but then after an update, if you switch to a controller at this point, uh, it will change to the controller immediately, right? Yeah. And then because I play with both at the same times, like oh, in every key press that I do, like the bird keeps changing the prompts. <laughs> it gets really funny. <laughs> I don't know why I decided. <laughs> <laughs> if someone wanted to try that, how would you actually set up to use both at once? Set up to use both at once? I, 
I didn't actually do anything. I just like changed the keybinds for WASD, and the rest is like normal on the controller, right? Like ah, okay, yeah. uh, right trigger to grab and eight to to jump, like on the Xbox, like lower button to jump, uh, left button to dash, and that's it. And then like I added like uh, a second jump on the controller and a second like demo dash on the controller afterwards. But yeah, talking about the controller and keyboard, it actually gives you a big advantage to play on the keyboard because at least for me, it looks like you have a big advantage because in Celeste, you have some kind of twitch movements, right? Because you have to move uh, from side to side very quickly sometimes. You have to like wiggle your ways from left to right. And you can't really do that very fast on the on the controller. Like uh, on the keyboard, I can just like tap both of them like at the same time because you have a dedicated finger for each of them but on the controller you have one finger for all four directions so and you have three fingers for all four directions on the keyboard so it's much faster for you to switch directions and also like press up when you need to or press or hold down when you need to like you won't need to use up and down at the same time anyways and you usually don't need to press up and down quickly in, in quick succession anyways but you do need to press left and right in quick succession so i think that's a very good way that everything lined up and so it really like the keyboard is an advantage because of this and the the joystick for speedrunners is an advantage for the uh, for the feather movements but that's about it i think the keyboard overall it has like a bigger potential except for the feather movements in celeste and so, and the rest of the, the movements, it was like, it comes naturally because you can use like one finger and press both um, jump and dash at the same time on the controller. And you also have another dedicated finger for the, for the grab. The only problem is if you want to press, for example, jump and demo dash that it's like on the, on the upper button. So like, it's very difficult to press both of them uh, in quick succession. Although you could just use the second jump button, but it's very hard to get used to that. So after Seas or oh, the, the very quickly done Seasides, uh, <laughs> was it on to B-Size next? No, I did all full clears next. Uh, I didn't know about the full clears in Celeste up until after I finished the uh, uh, Farewell Golden. Uh, I think I was streaming at the time and somebody just told me about the, the full clears and the golden flags. Because if you don't know, uh, there is a kind of quote-unquote secret thing in Celeste that if you get, finish a chapter completing everything, you get a full clear, uh, a special like f uh, golden flag with a star uh, besides the, the, flag, the journal entry on the chapter. And it's pretty cool because it just looks neater, it looks more complete, it looks like you're doing something for the 100%, right, of the game. Even though uh, the speedruns don't actually count full clears as 100%. And then I thought full clears are not something that are very, like, they're not, like, done very much, right? I'm, so I was thinking maybe there are more uh, all red berries runs in Celeste, but full clears are not very well known uh, and people don't, don't do that very much and then i looked up how many people did all the full clears and i saw that only only two people did actually at the time that i started only one person did the full clears and i i thought it wasn't gonna be that much harder than the than uh, just uh, the 80 percent and so i went for it but i was very wrong <laughs> the full clears are so much harder than the 80 percent so because is the full clear all berries plus crystal hop plus cassettes yeah and plus chapter eight as well with everything okay yeah so yeah it adds a new chapter and it adds like a lot of duration to the run because the berries are like most of the run i don't even know how much it compares let me actually open the speedrun.com of celeste here because if you're doing like all red berries is like so much longer than 80 percent although the speedruns they have done like they have optimized it so much no it's actually yeah it's like is it's not like double the time but it's much longer so it adds a lot of duration to the run if you're just doing all red berries 
And it's not only the Red Berries, it's also all the hearts and all the cassettes. Uh, I don't know exactly how much, how long it took for me, but it was one of the longest ones for sure. It took very long. I guess it must have been I very different really experiences. A very different experience from the any percent as well because there's so much different platforming that you don't really experience getting all the red berries as well exactly because since you don't get that in the goldens that's true exactly uh you need to to learn new things and not just replicate whatever you did in the goldens like in a row like you did in the any percent you need to actually formulate strategies for everything once again and that took a long time for me to come up with good strategies and uh, at this point i was getting more people a tiny bit more people watching me and people decided to help me as well uh formulate some strategies and it was pretty cool because there were so many things that i didn't know of and people uh, taught me and so many safer strategies it's pretty cool and also i think i started playing modded after i finished farewell mm -hmm. i'm sorry everything is like out of timeline <laughs> because I, I, keep, I keep remembering things like in random orders no uh, one thing one thing that happens is that i have a very bad memory overall which is kind of funny so yeah i so it's very hard for me to actually remember the the actual strategies so most of it is i don't even know how it comes to me when i need to do something again because if i try to uh, at, at least at the time, if you just like pop me into a screen, I wouldn't be able to remember it right away. It, like you need to be kind of in the flow. I don't know. I really don't know how it works, but my memory was really bad and it still is pretty bad for so many things. And just after practicing so much that you can, you need to like be able to do it very naturally without thinking about it for it to actually work. And what else? Oh yeah. So I played some modded because I don't remember exactly what I was doing that I actually started streaming, but it was about this time that I started streaming when I was like doing the farewell golden and then some people told me about modded and how good modded was on the chat and and so I played a lot of hours on modded I think my modded save file must have like 400 hours or something a lot on the spring collab and a lot on some some other golden berries that I did on modded and so I think all of this um, kind of trained me for being able to get good at not only just memorizing stuff because that's a, a skill that I lack a lot but also be able to react at the at the right time so instead of having to memorize those pixel perfect setups that i never was able to like i always found it not only difficult but also kind of boring and also kind of lame that you have to do something that it's like zero percent chance of failing in some screens i decided to just go for the way of uh, try to actually react in every in every part right because i know so many hitless and deathless runs you can actually minimize the risk of doing that by taking the safer strats or doing something that's pretty much invincible, right? If you like have all the knowledge, but also another type of knowledge is uh, being able to react at the, at the right time, being able to have the reflexes of the right time. If you watch my Warhammer run, you see that I had so many recoveries and close calls that it's kind of like absurd because I forget, like sometimes I forget what I have to do and I do like very wrong things at the run because of this. And I think that's also a good thing about Celeste because Celeste allows you to do that. You always feel like you're doing close calls all the time when you're playing it. Even if you're not even doing a golden, you always feel like you nearly made it. And it's so cool. Yeah, Celeste has got to be or got to have one of the biggest modding communities out there. There's been so many amazing levels uh, created and such like high quality levels as well. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's the the modding community is amazing. Some some of the mods just feel like they belong in the vanilla game. Some mechanics are just so fleshed out and so utilized in such a good way. So there's this big mod, this is the Spring Collab, 
Uh, that was the first mod that I played, and I played it till the end. It was, it just made me, f I fell in love with the modded community and like all the modded levels, right? So I don't, don't actually participate in the community itself. Like I don't actually like talk to many people. I just streamed and like let people throw things at me. It was still very cool. And it, it kind of trains you in the game, in things that the game cannot even train you about. So like you learn the, uh, how to do corner boosts or ultra dashes and five jumps and whatever tricks that the mod the mod levels require you to do then you can just apply that in the regular game it's pretty cool and it's it's such a big community it's so like it, it doesn't end there's like endless content for celeste and most of the content is pretty good and then there are some levels where it seems like the modder looked at farewell and said that's cute let me let me have a go at this <laughs> yeah oh my god there's like the d sides they're so insane oh, I don't yeah. Actually, yeah oh my god i don't actually like the d sides that much because they require some very specific memorization and setups which is something that i really don't like but they are very well made like you know that there is an intended way of completing each screen like an intended like kind of safe-ish way of completing it and it was insane when enox did the the 7d right he was like the first person to ever do that and uh, it's it just looks very absurd and i felt very happy for him just seeing his happiness and i think enox was one of the biggest inspirations for me to to do all of this really what else and one of the levels i think the the first major golden that i got uh, modded was ultra difficult which is a level in the spring collab mm -hmm. uh, i think it took about 30 hours to do it and it's just like five screens long <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's so short. You can finish it in like two minutes or something, but it's so good as well. Like it, it felt so satisfying when I finished it and it's, it's a rush, even though it's just two minutes long, it's still a rush when you're getting close to it. But I feel like nothing gets close to the rush of doing a long level, something like it's a marathon and getting like close to the end. You just get like so much time of adrenaline and so much time of, of this good type of nervousness, right? Mm -hmm. It's really cool. If people wanted to try some modded Celeste, do you have any level recommendations? Uh, yeah, I think the two recommendations that I have are Shade World and the Spring Collab. Shade World because it's an individual map. It's like, it's just like one single map, but it's so polished and it's so vanilla-like. It feels like it's something that was like, I don't know, cut content from the game. Because it's so, it feels like it's the vanilla game. The, uh, everything that you, like the, the, it doesn't require you to know many specific tech or and everything that you need to know in the level the game just teaches you right at the spot uh the level teaches you at the spot and it's uh, the music is so well made it's like it progresses alongside the level just like in the vanilla game it keeps progressing right and it makes you feel really cool and also there is a golden um there is a golden room in that level just like in farewell there is a golden room and it has like a golden gate thing and it's so cool because if you finish the level and you get to the end of the level you will see that gate and you will see that oh wait there is more content if i bring a golden up until this point <laughs> and it just felt it just made me feel so motivated to do the golden of that level immediately just upon seeing that golden gate because I wanted to see what was beyond that. I wanted to see uh, if I could actually sight read that room. Uh, this golden room thing is so cool because I think it really tests your your limits of sight reading. And I think sight reading is such an important skill in gaming in general that you can do something without practicing because because of your own like dexterity or like 
not ex- it's not the right word but like just like being able to to read something being like i don't know like being able to to be clever about it and be able to quickly analyze what somebody was thinking of when they made something and it's it's pretty cool to do that I guess like a form of like in-game knowledge or game skill that you've acquired yeah 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 exactly and i think side reading is good like when you have side winning in one game you kind of it's kind of an ability that helps you in other games as well i don't know if i'm being too outlandish thinking this but i think celeste made me get better at other games as well mm. like it it didn't like it didn't improve like just like my reflexes or something like that but it improved my understanding of the game design and what the game is trying to tell you uh, when you do something and i think understanding what the game is trying to tell you is, is so important i'm i just like i'm really in love with the game design uh, with game design in general and celeste just takes that to another level it has a, a perfect execution for that in my opinion so if, if people wanted to try those modded levels and um, what is the site to go to the site to go to i don't really get how do people play modded levels i guess <laughs> i think at least for me it was true recommend recommendations uh, people play modded levels through uh, like i used to play uh, i started playing the modded levels just because somebody told me that a modded level was really cool and that you should try it but i think it's good to discover on your own like but only if you're like very deep in the community right if you're just starting out, I think it's good to go to the recommendations because people will generally know what's good or bad. Because there are bad mother levels, unfortunately. <laughs> because uh, like it's it's okay, right? Because people want to create their own things, and sometimes they're just starting out. So of course, there's gonna be some things that are not as good. But it's good that you. Like, if you want to get into modded, it's good that the person has a good first impression of what the modded is like. And Shade World does a good job of that. And the Spring Collab, uh, it's like a collaboration of so many people. It's like a hundred more people. I don't even know how many people there are. But there are, like, so many people contributed to that. And they made sure to playtest everything. To make sure everything was like good for any new players, for any experienced players. So the Spring Collab has like beginner, a beginner level, and like it goes up to Grandmaster. It has like five different difficulty levels. Uh, but I think it's good to start at the beginner level, even if you're pretty good at the game, because it gives you some progression on the modded, and it gives you some cool mechanics to to see. And honestly, it's it it's it's good to play. Like it's it's nice to play something that feels refreshing and polished even though it's easy. Shade World is pretty easy. Like it's like, mm, I think low intermediate difficulty or something or a high beginner. It's it's really easy, but it's still so satisfying to play. And I guess like having that nice build up going from the bottom is a lot nicer than probably getting crushed by an immediate Grandmaster level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, right? <laughs> but people will think like, oh no, but I'm not a beginner. Why should I play beginner? I should at least start intermediate or advanced, right? Because I, I got like the golden berries in Celeste, then I should probably start with advanced. But no, I really don't regret starting in the beginner. I think it's it's a really important thing to play as. It's just a lot of content. It's good to take it slowly. It's good to to really try all of that because a lot of work was put into that. Which also brings me to the Strawberry Jam collab that is being made. It was supposed to come out last year, 2021, but there is a lot of content that's being built and there's a lot of things going on. It's going to be immense. It's going to be gigantic. And this is why it's taking a bit longer. I think it. I think it's going to release still this year. Might not be, I really don't know. I was invited into the Strawberry Jam collab. I actually filled up a form uh to try and get in the collab and play as a, a play tester right because i wanted to help improve the map and give feedback but i i just wasn't really i just didn't have all the time i didn't have all the 
I, I, I felt too tired and too too tired too quickly. Like I barely even started that, and there was too too many things to do. So this is how this is why I admire so many people that are working for this every day, and they're like they work so much to do to make all this as polished as possible and they actually hear the feedback it's really cool they actually hear everything i cannot say much about it right because otherwise it would be leaking stuff <laughs> but they like they take things very seriously and it's pretty cool so what's the name of that again for people to look out for it's the strawberry jam collab i don't know when it's coming out i'm not like inside of it like i i was invited but i'm i don't know much else about it or like i can't say much else about it but if, if they hear the name they'll know oh that's that's something to look forward to or to try out yeah the, yeah the strawberry jam if uh if it comes out like you should you should probably play it as soon as it comes because it's <laughs> going to be amazing. That's all I can say. To go back to base game or the vanilla game full runs, how was the experience going into the B-sides? Because personally, when I went was doing the Golden Strawberries, the B-sides felt a few steps above <laughs> doing the A-sides. So interesting. You mean, in doing... you mean doing the, the Golden Strawberries the first time or uh, the, the back -to -back. all the B-sides? back-to-back back back. sides i think it was easier than doing all full clears it was still pretty hard and it took a long but it was easier than doing all the full clears i don't remember exactly how long it took at least a month i i really don't know all the time it took but it was it didn't uh, the thing is that it's not as long as all the full clears if you do all the full clears back to back mm -hmm. it's like one hour and a half of play time but all the b-sides is like 40 minutes so even if you die pretty late uh, later on you don't lose as much time as all the full clears so it didn't feel as disheartening as the other ones it was still pretty difficult though i think it it's, uh, if if like anybody wants to go for 100%, I'd say go for the B-sides before the full clears because it's easier. Mm -hmm. The full clears are harder than the B-sides. I didn't know that. It's just because of the sheer length. And having that, that like once you're used to the B-sides, you'll be able to pull off the, the tech required uh, easier, right? I think the biggest enemy uh, in completing this challenge is not just, is not the, the things that you have to do. It's not the difficulty of the things that you have to do because you will be enough consistent at that point. But it's rather, at least for me, it was like this. It was rather the, like the brain fart moments where you just forget what you have to do and you just like, you do something that you're just not supposed to and you know it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I think those moments were the biggest enemy in all of this and what hindered me the most in the 100% run because it's so big it's like three hours long if we dive into this last 100% then we've gone from having it as the very first run after any percent <laughs> to having done all this pre-preparation uh, the c size b size full clearance was it an immediate start into the 100% after the b sides or was there some prep before and to going into it before going into it i think it was almost immediately because i already like knew everything that i had to do on the other things like it gets fixed in your memory but although i i jumped right into it like doing low death runs and i think after i did the b sides my very first run was like 26 deaths or something. It was super low compared to my other runs where I had like, I don't know, 200 or something, 300. And I was getting very happy and people were super hyped about it because I didn't actually practice that much, especially on the on the seasides again and on the on farewell. I think most of my deaths were on farewell and the seasides mm -hmm. because uh, although I could do the seasides very easily, when you're doing it at the end of a run, it's it feels very different because 
you you just cannot fail at that point, right? Like if you fail at that point, you like at anything, and it's not like the hardest tech of the game. It's it's a big impact. So what order did you just uh, did? Uh, God words, sorry, English. <laughs> uh, so what order did you decide to do the levels in for this 100% run? And was there a reason for that that order? And the 100% run, I did all the levels in normal order. Uh, I mean, I did like A, B, A, B, A, B, right? So I did 1A, then 1B, then 2A, then 2B. The reason for that is because I already did like all the all the full clears, all the B sites, and it gets kind of boring when you're just doing everything repeatedly, uh, the same order. So just to mix it up, I did uh, all the A and B sites like just just like that, like right, 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, and I think it's more fun that way. And I think there's not much else to it. Like if you could, if you want to, you can just do like all the A sets and then do farewell straight up because farewell is like the hardest part. Right? Right? So, like, if you really want to try hard to get this as fast as possible, I think the logical thing is to do the hardest things first, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, do all the A-sides uh, because you have to, and then do farewell as soon as possible. Then you jump to, like, 7B or 8B, which are the hardest ones. And then you move your way back to, to 1A. Because then, uh, if you die, like, you're more likely to die in the harder parts, right? And but if you die in the earlier stage, you won't lose as much time, and so you won't be as disheartened. But I had my mindset in doing this in order. I thought it was just gonna be cooler if I left Pharaoh at the end because like it feels so much more intense uh, than just like I don't know leaving one seat to the end. <laughs> I will say it doesn't have that dramatic finish to it of getting <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't feel very very satisfying to just leave one C at the end. It wouldn't feel that that cool of a thing. And people got very hyped when uh when I got to the when I got to like Farewell and like the the final C sides every time because people would post me my stream on the Discord and get very hyped about it. It was super cool. I think it wouldn't be the same if I just left one C to the end. I I mean maybe it would, but I don't know. The most hype one C has ever been in the history of Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe even 2C, because I feel 2C maybe even even thinks that's very short. I think the shortest one. Mm -hmm. um, so to talk about Farewell for a sec, we've talked about your initial experience going into getting it as the Golden Strawberry, getting it Deathless. What's changed from getting it then or having the skills to complete it Deathless to being at the point where you can do it six times in a row and people... <laughs> listening that is not a joke there is a video on rick's channel of him doing it six times in a row i just wanted to do i just wanted to practice it man <laughs> <laughs> i was just practicing it wasn't it wasn't meant to be six times in a row but i did it i guess and uh i think uh i think in the stream uh i, I did it like two times in a row or three times uh, because I was just trying to practice, right? Because I don't like practicing just one section over and over mm. uh, and just like beginning, uh, beginning it over. I like to end the runs if I die because then, because just like I said before, you're not going to be dying in one specific spot in the run all the time. Just like, it's not one thing that's going to give you trouble, but everything. Because it's so long that anything can give you trouble at all. Like, it can be like the easiest room. Uh, just like, uh, and this happened before, uh, after I got a one death run in 100%, right? So I did 100%, I got to Pharaoh without dying. I did like all the A, B, and C sides and everything. And got to Pharaoh, and I died in a very easy room. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, but yes. I died in the. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, you saw that? Mm -hmm. I died in the the bubble bubble room with crumble blocks, 
and people were like, how could you die there? <laughs> it's kind of insensitive that people say this. Say, ignoring all the pressure of the moment and all that. <laughs> so how could you? How could you even die there? You're so bad at this game. <laughs> Alright, I guess. Let's, let's become a bit better then. Mm. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, I knew that screen wasn't the problem. I wasn't going to practice that screen like and do it like 100 times in a row to make sure I don't die in that screen. No, I'm going to practice the entirety of Pharaoh, of course. And then I did the entirety of Pharaoh, and then I did it again. And then I already had Pharaoh twice in a row, right? And I knew I knew some people who like already did like Pharaoh multiple times in a row. I knew like one friend that was trying to go for it but didn't actually do it. I thought, wait, it's kind of insane, right? Because Pharaoh is already 20 minutes. And then in the middle of that run i think somebody told me that clantis had a four times in a row and so i thought that's pretty cool four times in a row uh i don't know if i can beat that and then i beat them six times in a row I, I don't know it was just it was just a practice i think if i really wanted to go for it i think i could do 10 times in a row really so do you think it's mainly just the amount of hours that you put into the level itself that has made you be able to do it so consistently or is it a mindset shift a mindset shift about the level itself because i think a lot of people think this is a hugely difficult level which it is of course uh, and that might hurt quite a bit in trying to get the golden or maybe a mix of both it's both of course because uh once you do farewell once it becomes so much easier to do it again because you don't have as much pressure to actually get it uh another time you you don't have as much self-doubt like subconscious self-doubt like can i actually do this i don't know like i got close but am i consistent enough to actually do this and and then you get it a second time and then the third time is like all right i already did it two times i can easily do a third time right and actually my first three feral goldens uh, were very different one from each other because my first one was a normal golden right and the second one was uh with the moonberry double collect mm -hmm. because i saw enough doing it and i thought it was really cool so i decided to do it too and the third one was something that i wanted to do that i didn't see anybody doing it uh, i think not many people heard about this but they did a the pacifist run. Yes, pacifist run. <laughs> yeah. Could you because... could you explain what a, a Celeste farewell pacifist run is? Golden strawberry as well, by the way. <laughs> it was mostly a joke, like a reference to Undertale, right? Because you can do a pacifist run without killing anyone in Undertale. And in farewell, it's kind of funny because you kind of kill the jellies, right? Like the the jellies, which is a mechanic you use for that. Uh, they disintegrate once you touch a barrier, and <laughs> uh, and they don't come back. Unlike like the blowfishes, for example, that you blow them up and then they come back, or like you jump them off screen and then they come back. But the jellies, they never come back, and they're like, oh, they're a cute little jelly. Like, look how cute <laughs> it is. And then it died. No. <laughs> and then I decided, no, I I don't want I don't want any of them to be killed. And then I just decided to just try it. Is it possible? Nobody ever said if it's possible or not. I didn't see this in the forums or like in the Discord anywhere. No one cared and about the jellyfish. <laughs> no one cared about the jellyfish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was mostly a joke. It's like a meme run, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, it's possible. But as it turns out, the very last screen is the hardest one. <laughs> like the farewell, farewell screen is the hardest uh, screen to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, if you want to try that, it's it's so difficult. You have to like back boost the jellies. You have to do some weird tricks to actually get the jellies to not be killed. 
Because if you only like just throw the jelly backwards, it's going to be killed by the other jelly barrier. Because there are so many jelly barriers there. It's it's very dumb, but it, it was cool. It was cool that I did something that nobody else did at that point. And then after the third run, I just decided to just keep going for it. And then I did Feral Golden twice in the same day. And then I did Feral Golden twice in a row. And then I did Feral Golden twice in a row. Twice, not in a row. So like I did it twice in a row, then I did another one, and then I did it twice in a row again. And then I thought, I can't do it three times in a row. And I never did it three times in a row, but I tried keep going for three times in a row. Because if you're not able to do it on the spot, on demand, how are you supposed to be able to do Celeste 100% with Pharaoh at the end? You're just gonna spend like two hours getting to Pharaoh and then you're gonna die, right? So you have to be able to do it on demand. So I practice and practice so much Pharaoh. I practice. I came up with different strategies to, to every room. Like, of course, because you have to do that in endless run. And uh, my best up until that point was only twice in a row. And then I just kept going. And it was like six times in a row that day. And I died, uh, as you might expect, in, in a stupid room, in an easy room, right? It's not even a difficult one because it's just that mistakes can happen at any point. It's not because something is particularly hard. Because after you do it hitless, once you can do it again, and like things are not as complicated as yeah. the first playthrough. Handy thing about Celeste is the, the lack of RNG, the lack of uh, differences that's going to be happening every run. Um, oh yeah, it's so good that it doesn't have any RNG, right? Mm. Except if you, except for like, I don't know, subpixel RNG and, <laughs> and Ultras. That's another story for another day. <laughs> but it's it's so cool that there is no RNG and that you can just like do everything over and over again. It's always going to be the same. Although RNG is very good for games. Like Hollow Knight, I did like, there's like, the, there's also the hitless challenges in Hollow Knight, right? And it's cool that there's RNG. It's cool that you have to adapt on the spot. And it shows you the knowledge of the game if you can do that on the spot. But I think it's pretty cool that Celeste doesn't have any RNG. I think it's a, a good way to uh, to make the game a perfect game for speedrunning. Because I think that's that's one of the goals that the devs probably had when doing it. I'm pretty sure. Like, everything just fits so well for speedrunning. There are so many things that are like, you can see that the devs just included that just for the speedrunners. It's also super interesting seeing the differences as well because to stick with the Hollow Knight and Hitless runs for a sec, like with Celeste it's all about, it's pretty much all on you if there's if there's a death, if there's a mistake, there's there's normally no one to blame other than yourself. Uh, but in stuff like Hollow Knight it can be more so around learning a boss or learning a routing or learning how the game functions extremely well and sometimes have to rely on working out how random occurrences and how to react to them so it's interesting the skill sets you need for the two different games even with the same challenge yeah it's a yeah it's a very different skill set i think because you can do the hitless runs in celeste just with memorization alone and just with like mostly easy execution of those memorized things right but i think hollow knight would probably be much harder than celeste to do hitless Probably. I actually don't know. I never tried Hollow Knight Hitless, but there is a lot of RNG in that game. There is a lot of, like, even the enemies can do different abilities, right? The, the regular ones. And if it's uh, when you're doing something that requires RNG, uh, you sometimes feel kind of cheated, right? It will just sometimes feel like, oh, I just had bad RNG. And when am I, when am I going to get a good RNG, right? I kind of deserve a good RNG. Why? Like, and you just, like, keep blaming these things and it's very hard to move forward because of this but in celeste you know that every mistake you made is because you made the mistake there is no excuse for that which is good or bad depending on the day <laughs> i think 
I think both are good. Like, even the RNG and the no RNG. But I think in Celeste, it fits very well that it has no RNG. Uh, and it's it's good that you can improve to perfection that much. And it, it really is a statement to the game, a statement to the game design, that it is possible to do Celeste 100% without dying a single time. Like, it just shows how consistent the game is and how, like doable that game is overall even though the first time you play celeste you will have over 5,000 deaths or so and to take that to zero it's a big effort but you technically did all every single screen deathless before right so you did every section of the game deathless before just right? stringing them together just stringing them together was did you have any different prep for the 100 percent or was it just if there was a particular level uh, causing issues you would then do that repeatedly to your confident let's say in comparison think, to going for the b size c size a sides i should say i don't know if i had that much of a mindset shift but i think i did more low death runs than i did uh, on the other previous categories like i used to reset more on the previous categories but if I reset on every single death that I did in 100%, then I wouldn't get practice for the, the next parts of the run. And then I will just keep resetting. So I decided to keep going for the low death runs at this point, which is which uh, some funny things happened <laughs> because of this. I don't know uh, if you heard about that, but I got like two deaths. Uh, at some point, I got two deaths uh, in that. And the first two deaths that I had, I think my previous best was like six deaths. And I was feeling so happy that I got that two deaths. I thought, this is so close. I can definitely do this. And then uh, the next, and then I took like a week to get uh, two deaths again. And then, all right, I got two deaths again. I can do it. And then the next day, I got two deaths again. <laughs> and then the next day, I got two deaths again. I got like two deaths like three times in a row or something. I don't even remember. But in total, I got seven two death runs. <laughs> <laughs> and then people were saying that I had a two death curse because of this. Uh, it was really funny. It was like a meme that I had a two death curse uh, because it was always two deaths. It was not lower than two deaths. It was not one death. It was two deaths always. And then the one death run happened. <laughs> And then I, I don't know if that was good or bad because reducing from six deaths to two deaths, it took so long. It took like, I don't know, two months or so. It's so difficult to reduce that little amount from one thing to the other. Like it's unimaginable how long that is. And at this point, I started to feel a lot of pressure because when I got the two death runs, people uh, were uh, were catching up to it. They're, they're ca catching on to it, I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, people were noticing that, holy shit, there was a two that 100%. So two that can happen. It is possible, isn't it? And when I say, by the way, when I say two death, I mean two plus one deaths, right? Because there is a, a mandatory Moonberry death, of course. We just like ignore that <laughs> in general. We just ignore that that exists, unfortunately. And then a lot of people started doing that. So like there was one of my viewers starting doing that and they were like really good at the game. And so, like going for the hundred percent at the same time. Uh, yeah, going for the hundred percent, or like just starting the challenge with other smaller things. And it was such a big shock, ironically, so so ironically that I was streaming, I was doing the run, I was practicing, and then somebody told me Enox started doing a hundred percent. I was like, holy shit, dude! I like, I almost cried. I was like, fuck. No, <laughs> I was so, oh, I was so sad or angry or shocked. I don't know what I was feeling, but it was very negative. 
I just felt like all this pressure building up inside of me. I was like, oh, this is it. I'm not going to do it anymore. This is it. It's it's over. <laughs> <laughs> because Enox was like my biggest idol. I was like, Enox is so good at this game. He's like one of the best players ever. For me, it was like, I don't know. I found Enox and Cheesh. Uh, who else? And other people, they're like, like they're my idols. I really liked them, right? And I thought Enox was done with the game. I don't know, Tiege was done with the game. And Tiege did like 202 with, in like three hours, like about the same time that I did the, the 100%. And then <laughs> uh, I decided watching Enox and I was like, yeah, you're actually doing this, man. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, no, don't worry, man. He was like so humble. He was so kind about it. He was like, don't worry, man. You got this. I'm going to take a bit to, to actually get this. You're definitely going to get it before me. Don't worry. I don't want to be the first, right? And I think I wanted to be the first so bad because I don't know. I have a very low self-esteem i have a very low perception of self-worth right and people i don't know i, I always felt like i was really bad at the game comparing to so many, so many other people's artists compared myself too much and i thought the only way for me to break that and actually see myself as maybe a bit better at the game would be if i did something cool that people found it like highly esteemed without um, nobody else having done it before because if it was anything that somebody ha has done it before it wouldn't be that that cool like uh, that big of a deal like people have done it before uh, whatever and then it, it was like a, from in my head a lot was on the line even though i was the only one racing i feel kind of bad about that because i was the only one racing no, nobody wanted to be the first they just wanted to do that for themselves it's like a, a more noble thing right they want to do this challenge for themselves like their own personal challenge right and for me, in my head, it was it felt really selfish because I wanted to do this because I wanted to be the first to do this. I think I also must, wanted I think, to. I think there must always be a thing with with anyone doing some sort of challenge. Everyone wants wants to do it first. Everyone would like to get that like world's first. So I think it may be to to various degrees, but I think everyone always has a an idea of wanting to to get a first clearance of any sort of challenge. Uh, whether that be in gaming or anything else. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, like, the, the way that they said it, like, I tend to really believe people and what they say. And they, it seemed to me like they meant it. They, they didn't want to be the first. But I know that to some degree, of course, everybody wants to be the first, right? I, I don't know Of course, of course I, could, I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, just, I just think it, uh, there's always that, that nice to have it, obviously, to varying degrees. But I think everyone at some level does would like it yeah it's a very in the ways that's true maybe that's it like of course it's a good thing because like enox even has like uh on his title of youtube like um in parenthesis world first uh so it means like uh, he is at least proud of these accomplishments in some way right and so like of course it's something that people do value it i'm pretty sure like people uh, he would for example if he got it first he would like put in the title like world's first of course he would be proud of being the world's first of doing that but it, i i'm the one that took it too seriously maybe and this was stressing me out so much at the time i was like when enoch started doing this i couldn't sleep i was like i i was like awake and i just thinking i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this he's just uh one time he's just gonna get everything and then i was watching his streams and he was he was strategizing so much better than me and i know that inox he's like he does so many other good challenges and he did so many other amazing challenges in other games and so he could definitely do this as well 
right? And I thought I, this didn't motivate me further. This didn't make me go like harder on it. If you watch like the beginning of my run, I was kind of kind of dead inside <laughs> at that point. I just started feeling really happy after I got in. Is there is there a point in the or was there a point in the hundred percent run where it starts feeling like? A possibility i've got like because it being it's such a long run is there a specific level or is it when you reach farewell that it's like there's a chance here i think i felt there was a chance when i got to uh it wasn't even the the two death run it was before that it was like the um, i had a run where i got to farewell in one death so like i died somewhere in the run mm-hmm. uh and then i got to farewell in one death and then i proceeded to die like six times in farewell I think that run was was one of the times that I felt there's a big chance of me getting it. So I had like, I don't know, seven deaths or so, seven, eight deaths in that run. And I felt there was a good chance of me getting it. But I really feel that I had a, a good chance of actually doing it the first time that I did a two-death run and finished it in two deaths. It was like, okay, I can do this. I know this is possible now. Like I have 100%, I'm 100% sure that eventually I will do this. I might not be the first one, but I will be able to do this eventually like it's going to happen uh there is like that moment is actually recorded on my to that run i actually said it out loud i know i can do this it was very very fun i think that that's the point for sure to do with pressure not the i guess the the racing pressure but the pressure during actually doing the run uh, having done quite a few of these four runs but sticking with the 100 percent how do you feel or how do you cope or feel to cope with the pressure of doing such a long run and difficult run. You mean like the pressure of like being in the run and like being nervous yeah. uh, during the run? Mm, I don't know. Like, I don't think I dealt that much better than most other people would have. I think I just like, I'm a very calm person overall. I'm very patient with like lots of things and I'm just naturally resistant to pressure maybe. Uh, like I didn't do anything special to calm down, but there is a big coincidence that happened is that uh, somebody in my chat, Hero Brian, uh, he told me that I should take small breaks when doing this run, like mm-hmm. take like five, 10 minutes breaks every one hour or so uh, when doing this run. And a very big, maybe a coincidence, maybe it was because of this, but the very first time that he did it is the is when I got the one and death this. <laughs> the first time that I did breaks like this is when I got it. And uh, I even said it in one run. Like I remember someone somebody saying this on <laughs> on Osu. Uh, they like they do like Osu is also a, a game that's like full of pressure because you need to do like full full combos to actually get a score good scores in that game. And somebody said something like when I get nervous is when I shine the most. When I get nervous I become a magical girl. I become I become a whole and I start shining. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was really funny when when he said that because uh, some people actually do get like better when they feel the pressure. The adrenaline works in a good way for them. I think for, for uh, it's it's true for most people to some degrees, right? But it's good if you can try and get that to your favor, get that adrenaline to your favor. I don't know if I actually learned how to do that, if I actually learned how to like get in the zone as much as I want, but I did feel that in, at some points I did get in this in the zone floating right and you could you could really feel it when you're when you're when you're doing it like you feel that pressure you know there's a lot going on but somehow you can channel all that into into doing everything correctly 
it's very rare and it's very, very cool, very magical, right? I've got to wonder how long did it take you to calm down from getting the run <laughs> after watching your reaction from uh, completing it? Um, uh, four days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't believe I did it until I, I don't know, until I got the 201 that was, I wasn't even believing I got it actually. <laughs> Just it was some like dream you're living through. <laughs> exactly, it was like I, I didn't get it, it's not, it's not even possible. I had to pinch myself a few times. Uh, uh, I even say in the run, I say like a Portuguese expression, I say like a fish on caillou, like it just didn't process yet. My brain is not is not ready to accept this yet. This is too early, it's not true. Uh, you just mentioned there 201 berries, could you explain what you did <laughs> immediately after doing, or after doing the 100% deathless? So yeah, uh, after I got the 100% deathless, I just didn't even play Celeste for a bit. I just like... I think I even I opened the game because I was thinking like people were saying what are you gonna do now that I finish one percent and then I said of course I'm not gonna do two o two deathless <laughs> it's never like um it's gonna happen somebody's gonna do it but it's not gonna be me because that wasn't my goal and then two days later <laughs> this incredible thing happened that I was feeling so happy from the worms and deathless that I had zero stress zero care in the world zero like every like pressure that I had had been released at that point like I was feeling so nervous so stressed uh, from being the Worms and Deathless that I couldn't imagine being uh, the first to do 202 Deathless and then I just started uh, I just played on the save file like I didn't even open Celeste like I opened Celeste just to like record uh, a random video that didn't even have to do with gameplay of the game right uh, I didn't practice anything I just opened the game started streaming started talking to people and it was easy <laughs> it was just like easy it was like I didn't feel anything bad at that moment if you watch that stream the 202 death is I don't know how much you saw of that but I was feeling ecstatic I'd never felt that carefree in my life mm. it was like everything was so chill and i was having so much fun uh at some point there's like a point in 7b where i was feeling like i'm actually doing this but i don't feel like i'm doing something uh like so much harder i don't feel like i'm doing something so impossible that i can't reach it like i just did this i did something harder than this two days ago and now i'm doing this again and it's okay and like i'm having fun i'm like listening to music I'm talking to people at the same time. I'm freaking singing while I'm playing it. And I'm still doing it flawlessly. I don't know what hit me. I don't know how I could even do that. Uh, I just felt very invincible. I, it's, it's impossible to replicate that feeling or to explain what I felt. I never felt like that. I was truly feeling really invincible. And I actually got the 201. You can even see that I was like joking around at the end. Did you see like the, the ending of my 201 run? Mm -hmm. uh, that I just like throw around in farewell. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I was feeling so invisible that I thought mm, I can just like do this at uh, this little wall kick in farewell. Like it's easy, right? It's gonna be funny. People are gonna laugh. <laughs> Everybody just hated me. Oh, I bet the chat was more pressured then. Like <laughs> they were more stressing. Exactly, the chat was a lot more pressure than me. Like I didn't care if I died at that moment. Mm -hmm. I didn't care if I lost the run. I was like, yeah, it's okay. I guess it was <laughs> sort of similar to what we were talking about earlier to do with the difference between your very first farewell golden and every attempt afterwards. Like you've proved that you can do it. It's been done. And then with this one, it's like I know I can do it. It's been done. I'm chill. I've done the. I've exactly. done the goal. <laughs> 
Exactly. I've done the goal. The, the rest victory is just lap. extra. <laughs> it's just a victory lap right now. It's not like it's. I'm doing like an entirely different goal and building <laughs> up on it and making the tower bigger. <laughs> no, definitely not. And then the funny thing about the 201 run is that it's a 201 run run, not a 202 run. Mm. Why is that? What is the missing berry for the 202 run? <laughs> And the missing berry, if you don't know, uh, like for anybody listening that don't know about uh, all of the golden berries in Celeste, there is one hidden golden berry in chapter one, which is the flying golden berry. It's a berry that you can get like as the very first thing in the game, like the very first collectible in the game that can be that berry. You can just like get that berry uh, at the very start of the game. The thing is that it's very hard to get that berry because you need to do the whole chapter um without using a dash and it's so uh, it uses a lot of pixel perfect things you use a lot of memorization you use a lot of uh different strategies that you cannot just go and do it like you can't just like yolo it like a yolo like a lot of the warm sun run there's a lot of uh parts of the run that i just like winged it right there are a lot of parts that i didn't even have a strat for or didn't even practice a strat for because i knew it was easy enough but you can't wing any screen in that one. You have to do a special thing in almost every screen for the dashless uh, 1A. It's really that difficult, even though it's short, it's really difficult. And I never ever did the dashless wing golden without dying. And so I knew that if I did, if I went for the 202, I would die. Invariably, I would die. So I decided, okay, let me just close the save file, open up a different save file, and I'll practice in another save file. I didn't do this for the 201. I didn't practice in another save file to do it again, right? I kept the save file there and I just went to sleep. That's all, right? And then like I resumed the run in another day. Like I didn't even play Celeste. Like, so it was like, it wasn't like uh, really a segmented run that much. It was just like the same run, but that's it. Up until the 201. But for the for that berry, for the wing golden, I had I knew I had to practice because it was a special case, right? It was like a very uh, what? Uh, so just the wing berry is just a, a place of its own. It, it, like it wasn't no, I mean it was a special case because it was because I never even tried that. I wasn't expecting to get a two hundred two. It wasn't my goal to get a two hundred two. Like I didn't even like it was like infinitely harder in my brain to get a 202 deathless and then i i just like i didn't even bother trying to learn it because i didn't like the wing golden i thought no it's annoying it's boring to learn you have to do like pixel perfect setups and this is something that like i said before i hate that and and that's like the one point in the game where you have to do pixel perfect setups if you want to do it deathless right because the devs didn't want you to do that deathless you can get the wing golden and die like a lot right you can just like yolo it and die and it's okay because it's not meant to be done deathless it, like you're meant to die there a lot like you don't have to get both goldens at once and then uh that i needed the help for uh, from everyone like people heard about the 201 and then calantis came enox came uh so many different people came that already had the the double golden right and calantis had like the double golden uh, and when i say double golden i mean like getting the wing golden without dying uh calantis had like 10 times in a row at that point and then i practiced and practiced and i decided mm, i want to try doing it 10 times in a row before i'm ready to actually go back to the safe file and then i did 10 times in a row and then i said uh okay let's see how longer i can do this for and then i died in the next run i think uh, so i can do it 11 times in a row and so what if it happens uh, in the run right 10 times is not enough then I decided, let's go for 20 times in a row. Fuck it. <laughs> and then I did 20 times in a row, and then I kept going. And it ended up being, like, 
a 33 times in a row win golden deathless and then i didn't even die i was just like fed up with it it was like <laughs> i was i was doing that for hours without dying just 30, I was 30 like, runs plus is enough that's that's <laughs> yeah 30, 31 runs was enough and then i said fuck it uh, i'll just i just like close this like i, I was using the modded safe file to practice right with everest with safe states etc then say fuck it let's just go to the uh to the main to the main game like without modded and then i opened my main save file did it once again i i like tested to see like if you could like safely restart the chapter without counting a death because then you could like return the map without counting a death and this is also something i didn't do in my warm sun run right i didn't like try to cheese anything by returning the map because it's something that you can technically do uh because the game allows you to but it's it's like cheating right but uh, we decided to agree that if you return the map in safe ground, it's not cheating, right? Because uh, this is how the rules work in the uh, in the hardcore mod, right? Because it's like uh, you could save yourself if you're in safe ground. It's okay, like it's a rule we agreed upon. But I didn't actually do this uh, in all of the run up until the the wing golden, especially because you could just like finish the level and whatever one is okay. But I I had a very like I had a near miss in that run. <laughs> I think you saw it. I there is a point like in the tool two in the in the in the wing golden at the very end where uh, I thought I missed a jump, but I actually didn't even miss a jump. It was like right the setup was right, but I thought I missed it, and so I dashed for with the spare, and then I almost died because of that dash. And then I covered myself it was super tough needed uh 33 times in a row as <laughs> needed that one more <laughs> uh yeah it was actually technically it was like 30 31 in a row then i did one more like then 32 in a row and then the 33rd in a row was the the golden it was the, the 202nd right and and then i got it i didn't feel that i didn't feel the same thing that i felt when i had 100 and something really weird happened like i i felt happy uh, people were commemorating, but not nearly as many people were watching. It was like less than 200 people were watching. Uh, when in my Wuhan it was like 280 people were watching at the moment. It was really cool because people were like really cheering me on. It's really cool to watch the chat again. Mm. But in the Wing Golden, not, not nearly as many people. There wasn't that much pressure building up. There wasn't that, that much release. Like I, I was feeling nervous, of course, because if I died there, I would lose all of that. And also it was like two days after I got the 201. In the 201, I was feeling super happy. I was feeling like super carefree, but then it, the the pressure slowly began to build in because then I thought, no, now now that I did 201, I have to do the 202 because you can't even leave that golden berry, the wing golden for the beginning of the game. If I just did that in the beginning of the game, I wouldn't be feeling this pressure, right? And and then the pressure started building up, like even without me playing. And then, but fortunately, I got it. It'll be qu quite tricky to get back to this point. <laughs> <laughs> it would be quite tricky to get back to this point, indeed. Uh, I, I don't know how long until I get another one, because now I want to do it again. I want to do it uh, all in one sitting. I want to actually freaking submit this <laughs> to the speedrun.com as a speedrun, because my 100% run, it can't be submitted uh, as a speedrun, because at the very beginning, I actually quit the game to try and fix some audio issues that had like nothing to do it's like it's unsubmittable because of those little oh. audio issues that i was having right uh, it wasn't even like one one viewer was having audio issues i wasn't having audio issues like somebody said that there were issues with the audio on stream and then uh, all right i'll try to fix that let's uh, let me disconnect some headphones here let me try restarting the game and on this restarting the game you invalidate the run according to the rules I asked for the for a moderator to see if there could be a, an exception made because of 
of that. Uh, but of course, you shouldn't allow exceptions in that because otherwise other people are going to ask for exceptions. And then like it's going to be all full of exceptions and like some of these are going to be like cheetah runs and etc. right? So it's better not to. And this is why I got motivated to try and do it again and actually <laughs> have the ultimate flex of submitting a deathless to auto run to the leaderboard. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> so so including the two oh two berries, what would be the final approximately final time for the run? The final time for the run, it's like five hours, I think, right? I think it's yeah, you can even see on the on the timer. It's like five hours and I even like took a took a few breaks to chat and everything. Yeah, it's it's about five hours, a bit more than that. Let me actually check that. Yeah, it's about that, I think. It's that, five hours and twenty seven minutes, yeah. Mad the world uh, world's first hundred percent completion swiftly followed by world's first 202 deathless completion oh, yeah, yeah. i did like I, did, I can't remember if i read on twitter or uh, in your youtube comments but i saw a comment somewhere that said the world's only canon run of celeste <laughs> which i thought oh, was yeah, great I think, I think ketchup said that <laughs> isn't that cool right yeah i think um the canon the, the first canon run of celeste would be like uh maybe clentis's run the that he did like uh all full clears and then he did farewell afterwards he actually did that deathless so he did all full clears and deathless farewell and i think it was clantus at least and i could say that is the canon because the b-sides and c-sides are extras right mm, true even Theo says like at some point Theo says this isn't canon is it <laughs> <laughs> so if that would be like a canon run it would be probably just all the full clears plus farewell but maybe maybe not i don't know maybe madeline canonically climbs the mountain freaking four times <laughs> <laughs> maybe just wanted to visit like the side paths that's what the b-sides c-sides sides were went and visiting and then came back to carry on <laughs> yeah maybe 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 theo is like this isn't canon as i don't know as a joke <laughs> <laughs> he just gets trapped in the crystal again and she has to face <laughs> her demons again for some reason of course having obviously experience going through this going through the entire game over and over again do you have any particular favorite soundtracks from the game uh yeah uh, i think my favorite soundtrack from the a sites is reflection probably mm -hmm. uh it's it's just so good it, uh, i think it's not not, me, not as many people like that one uh but i think it's really underrated it's, it's super good super calm and then it builds up and i don't know and my for the b sides i like tree b which is that uh, the resort thing Mm -hmm. um it's like super mega man ish it really reminds me of mega man i really love mega man and i think overall my favorite soundtrack of all is farewell farewell like the last song that plays in celeste right in the last level of the very last song that plays in the last level i think it's like it's so epic it just makes you feel in that moment it makes you feel like you're doing something incredible and it's amazing it's definitely my, my favorite overall as for the levels my favorite levels i don't know i like i think i like 3b as well i think it's very i think the the fact that it uh syncs with the music kind of i think it's really fun to play to play because of that and let's see what else 7b is super fun 7c is super fun there are too many things there is not one thing that i dislike about celeste maybe the wing golden <laughs> i used to dislike <laughs> the wing golden i think now that i can actually do it i don't dislike it as much but uh i think I just love everything about this game. It's like I wouldn't be able to do anything like this if it wasn't if it, if it wasn't the how much I, l I love this game. What is the interest or the appeal for you of live streaming? Let's say mm, I like that it kind of feels like you're in a couch and having people watching that game as you play. I think mm. it's really cool. I think it would be even cooler if you could uh, literally just like. 
just pass the controller to someone. Like you can do that in the form of uh, Discord calls, right? And mm. then like several people can stream and then you can like watch and play at the same time as other people. And that feeling is very nostalgic to me somehow uh, because as a kid, I used to like play games and then pass the controller to friends and they would like, everybody would like uh, compare themselves and show all the different knowledge they had about the game. And it, streaming reminds me a bit of that and it's really fun. I overall, I really like uh, when people watch me play games and the community of Celeste, they're so nice and I met so many new people through live streaming because I was I didn't participate in the community that much, but the community came to me in some way and then I, I got to know the community because of streaming and this is the best I the best thing about streaming for sure. And the only drawback is that if I try to stream any other game, most of them are just gone. But there are still <laughs> people that really like my, my stream and my personality and the way that I play that they still stick around but yeah it, it's it's really cool because of that because of all that interaction and also i think that interaction really motivated me and is also why i don't do that as many like youtube videos for example although i still like like recording and i used to like editing things although i don't do that anymore if you had one piece of advice for let's say people wanting to approach the golden strawberries for the first time what would you be your advice? Don't throw your face against the wall and just like keep trying things over and over. Do low death runs first. Actually do low death runs, recognize where your deaths were and try practicing those sections are like individual sections of the levels uh, before just going over and over for a golden. Actually, actually treat the goldens as if it's gonna take a bit. Don't treat them as if you can just rush all of them true treat them as if you, you will take a while to complete them if you if you know it's going to be a hard thing to tackle one and you take it slowly it's actually going to be faster than if you try to rush it because i tried rushing a lot of the goldens and i know i could have done it much faster if i actually practiced them and so i i started actually practicing only after doing like the um the deathless challenges and and farewell golden of course before that, I didn't practice as much. If one game could be released tomorrow, either announced or announced or a sequel to a game you don't think will ever exist, what game would it be? I don't get the question. If one game could be released tomorrow... So if, if any game that you can think of that interests you, if one one game could be released tomorrow, what game would it be? You would think Celeste 2 or something. But I think... I'm just very hyped for Silk Song, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great choice. <laughs> 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 and also, <laughs> I just very hyped for Silk Song and also Delta Rune, the rest of the chapters. I think I'm more hyped over that over uh, something like Earthblade. Uh, oh yeah, so many people didn't even know about Earthblade. I'm so disappointed in the community for not knowing about Earthblade. Come on, guys. Uh, Earthblade is the next game from EXLK Games. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be like I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a Metroidvania-like game. Uh, they described it as a um, uh, explore action game and uh, it's gonna there's gonna be like numbers uh, as in like stats uh lifesteal life bars uh, battle and stuff and it's definitely probably going to play like celeste if like the other games are like anything to go with it like tower Four, for example which is super similar to celeste then earthblade is probably going to be very similar to celeste as well and it's gonna be a fun to speed run and to play it's going to feel like a mix between Hollow Knight and Celeste, for sure. So I'm also very hyped about that. That's just reminded me of a little Easter egg in Chapter 6A. Um, actually, I won't spoil yeah, it, but there's there's a, there's a there's this Easter egg in Chapter 6A that's in a secret room that I'd recommend, if you've not found, to go to go searching for. It's a really cool 
little addition they've they put in there. Yeah, uh, full of uh, previous games of the EXOK games, right? I, I actually don't know any of those characters except for the, the astronaut, which I actually played that game before, which is not from EXOK games, it's from um, Miniboss Studios, which is the Brazilian part of EXOK games, right? Uh, I played that game. I didn't. Uh, I actually, funny enough, I didn't like that game that much, but I found it really cute. Uh, the pixel are really cute. And nowadays, I think that that's actually a very good game because, like, um, it has like lots of achievements to it. And also, uh, Towerfall. The Towerfall enemies I played only after I played Celeste, just because I really liked Celeste, and I wanted to play the other games from them. So I played Towerfall afterwards. The other characters, I have no idea who they are. I just know there's somebody called Ogmo or something. <laughs> To do with the mental side of challenge running, if there was a time, could you tell me a time when the run was taking its toll and how you got past it? Mm, I think at the very end of the run, after after Enoch starting started doing it, it was it was getting too much for me because of the the pressure of of doing it right, because of the pressure of trying to be the first. I just I just like oh yeah, very important thing to mention. Uh, when I was doing this. What helped me get past it is that somebody in the Brazilian community, Pedro, Pedro Neves, uh, he is one of the moderators for the Celeste Brazil Discord. He made an event on the Celeste Brazil. Like, he does, like, temporary leaderboards for, like, uh, oh, let's see uh, uh, the best any percent that somebody can do in this week. So, like, do any percent runs this week and then submit your, your times, right? He does, like, this type of events. And then he said that in honor of the two-death run from Rick, for, for, no, in honor for the one-death run from Rick, let's do a 100% event speed run. Right, because Rick is almost doing it. Let's cheer Rick on, and let's try this. And I felt really happy that he did that. And, super cool. And I needed to submit a run. And that week I was like playing almost nothing. I was like Tunic came out that week, and then I played Tunic, and I was feeling like very disheartened. And then I decided, wait, I need to submit a run because this is like. Uh, he did it in homage to me, right? So I need to participate as well. And then I participated, and that was going to be the run where I submitted it. That was going to be like only only just a run that was going to do just submitted. So I was going to keep going that run. I was not going to reset the run even if I died because I needed to submit the run. It was like the last day, and that ended up being the run. And so big shout outs to Pedro for for helping me that much. But I really really nice of Pedro of doing that. And I think that helped me get past that for sure. And um, the final question will be: What's in the future plans? Of Rick Fanello, and I apologize if I mispronounce that. <laughs> no, the name is correct. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to do a two two deaths in one sitting. I'll, I'll try to at least have 100 deaths in one sitting uh, because I did in one sitting that that one, but I I want to run that can actually be submitted to speedrun.com. Even though I actually like I know like everybody knows I actually did it like uh, we know that it's like a valid run. Of course, it's just not valid for the speedrun.com. I just want to be able to actually submit that somewhere like that somewhere like more quote-unquote official right or more well-known and i think that would be cool so i want to try doing a tool too there and after i'm done with that i don't know i'm gonna be lost forever i'm gonna disappear <laughs> from the internet and just dissipate no really i don't know what to do after i think i'm gonna do like maybe maybe some video talking about it on my youtube i have some some things that i want to talk about uh, about celeste in general the designs of celeste not only about this run so maybe that or maybe just stream something else and keep playing modded because i love playing modded celeste and i think that's it and if people want to check you out where do you be looking uh rick Fernello on youtube twitch twitter whatever it's all rick Fernello for now well rick i super 
appreciate you taking some time out today for this. I really enjoyed this conversation, all things Celeste. I hope you've enjoyed it as well, man. I definitely enjoyed it. It was really cool talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me to this. No problem at all. Thanks so much for turning up. Sorry for all the awkwardness. I know I'm, I, I'm not used to having it's, uh, conversations it's, this long as well. I can talk on stream, but it's different ways of conversation. It's Noah's toy. You've been great. Uh, and I hope everyone else has super enjoyed the, the conversation as well. Hope everyone has an amazing rest of your day, even in the morning, depending on your time zone. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that conversation and want to hear more with amazing guests, be sure to head over to youtube.com slash wayofloki, loki spelled with a C, or wayofloki.com slash nohitpodcast.